Welcome to the Grace Cafe with Dwayne Lynch. Real talk in real times. Real situations with real people. Keeping the perspective on God's grace. Hey, yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make them, but a man can raise one. If you did it, admit it, to stick with it. Don't say it ain't yours, because all women are not whores. 90% represent a woman that is faithful. Ladies, can I hear it? Thank when you. a girl gets pregnant, her man is going to run around. Dissing her for nine months when it's born, he wants to come around. Talking at him, sorry for what I did. And all of a sudden, he now wants to see his kid. She had to bear it by herself and take care of it by herself. And giving her some money for milk won't really help. Half of the fathers with sons and daughters don't even want to take them. But it's so easy for them to make them. It's true. If it weren't for you, then the child wouldn't exist. After a skis, there's responsibility. So don't resist. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. When a brother makes a child and then denies it Thinking that money is the answer so he buys it A whole bunch of gifts and a lot of presents It's not the presence, it's your presence and the essence of being there And showing the baby that you care Stop sitting like a chair and have your baby wondering where you are Or who you are Fool your eyes, daddy Don't act like you ain't Cause that really makes me mad, G To see a mother and a baby suffer I had enough of brothers who don't love the fact that a baby brings joy into your life. You can still be called daddy if the mother's not your wife. Don't be scared, be prepared, cause love is gonna get you. It'll always be your child, even if she ain't with you. So don't front on your child when it's your own. Cause if you're front now, then you'll regret it when it's grown. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. his position and see what you've done but just keep in mind that you're somebody's son how would you like it if your father was a stranger and then tried to come into your life and tried to change the way your mother raised you now wouldn't that amaze you to be or not to be that is the question when you're wrong you're wrong it's hard to make a correction harassing the mother for being with another man but if the brother man can do it better than you can let him don't sweat him do let him do the job that you couldn't do you're claiming you was there, but not when she needed you. And now you want to come around for a day or two. It's never too late to correct your mistakes. So get yourself together for your child's sake and be a father to your child. This week's Grace Perspective.
You know, my mother had me when she was 16 years old. And I used to sleep on the floor, and I had eight uncles in that same house, and they, they did everything under the sun, you know, going in and out of prison. And my mother, she worked at Wendy's, and she would get off work at Wendy's, and I would be about the last kid sitting in the park, and I would be waiting on my mother because I didn't want to go home because, you know, every other day or every other week, our front door would get kicked in because my uncles sold drugs. So every opportunity I got in solitude to cultivate a vision for my life, I took advantage of it. And one night, my mother came into the park, and I walked off the field, and I said, can you please introduce me to my father? Because I played every sport, and every sport I played, we had to show our birth certificates. And so every time I pulled out my birth certificate, I would always see my mother's name, but I never saw my father's name, and so it bothered me. And so she said, sure. And so my first encounter with my father, I shook his hand. I said, hey, man, how you doing? He said, hey, little man. He said, man, I heard you can really play sports. I said, thanks. I heard you can, too. I said, but here's what I need you to do for me. I need you to pick me up every Friday night, work me out every Saturday morning, and you can take me back home after that. I don't need any money. I don't need any clothes. I just need to make it to the NFL so I can help my mother and my grandma. Can you do that? He said, yeah, I got you. And so he picked me up one Friday night. The first Saturday morning, he shakes me. It's 4 a.m. in the morning. I wake up, I'm wiping the cold out of my eyes. He said, little man, you said you wanted it, right? I said, yes, sir. He said, get up, we're running two miles to this fire station, two miles back home. I said, okay, let's do it. And so he walks by me and he busts a U-turn and he looked up at me, he said, son, I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to pull that other person outside of you. No disrespect, I said, but um, I don't see another person. I said, so I understand we have different lives and you have a job, and so if you're tired, I get it. You can go back in the house and you can go to sleep, but you're not stopping me from running to this fire station. I'm running to this fire station, whether you go or not. And he looked at me, and what he said to me, it pierced my heart in such a way. He said, son, what I'm trying to get you to understand is no matter how hard you work, there is somebody on the inside of you that works even harder. He said, no matter how dedicated you are, there is somebody on the inside of you that's more dedicated. No matter how committed you are, there is somebody on the inside of you that's more committed. And you don't even know what commitment is yet. You think commitment is just saying, yes, I'll do it. But what commitment is, commitment is staying true to what you said you were going to do. Long after the move that you have set it in has left. Meaning on the days when you don't feel like doing what you said you would do, you get up and you do it anyway. That's what builds character. And he said, I need you to understand the concept that there's another person on the inside of you because one day in your life you will face something that's a lot tougher than you and your strength and your drive and your commitment and your work ethic won't do it. You have to realize that it's something on the inside of you that's greater than anything that life can throw at you and immediately I got it. And so when my life changed, not only did my football career end, I got a paralyzed right on the hand behind me. Life changed overnight. But I was extremely grateful for it because the whole time I understood that you have to tap into in order to get through one of the darkest, toughest, roughest moments of your life. There's another person on the inside of you. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Grace Cafe where we talk about real stuff in real times. Real situations with real people, but from the perspective of God's grace. I am your host, Dwayne Lynch, and <clears throat> it's great to be back doing another um, doing another podcast. First of all, I want to thank God for this platform, but then I also want to thank you guys for turning in. Thank you for turn, tuning in. Uh, well, for this week... I decided to start this episode off with a question and uh, well let's say I, I, a couple of questions 
And the first question is, what is a father? You know, Webster's definition of a father reads, father is a man who gives care and protection to someone or something. But what really is a father? A better question would be, I guess, what does it take to effectively call yourself a father? And an even better question would be, is a father's presence really important to the success and the development of our children? I'm sure most people would say yes, while others would beg to differ. But to minimize the risk of snap judgments on this question being made, I have a story to tell. Just a short story. It's not going to be long, but I just want to tell this story just to move into where where I'm trying to get to. So <clears throat> when I was 11 years old, my mom, my sister, and I lived in a two-bedroom apartment in Southeast DC. At that point in my life, my sister and I had been raised single-handedly by my mother. We had no father, and at the time we had absolutely no father figures. You know, and one day I got up, I got dressed for school, and I went outside to wait for my mother's carpool. And as I stood there, a guy working construction across the street stood there looking at me for a minute before actually coming over <clears throat> and saying something to me. And when, when he finally crossed the street to say something to me, you know, he walks up to the he walks up to the gate. He never introduced himself. He never, you know, let me know who he was. And he asked me two questions. The first words he said to me was, Is your mother's name Barbara? In which I responded, Yeah. And the next question he asked is, Is she home? I said, yeah. The next question he asked was, would you go get her? And, you know, I was kind of hesitant in doing that because I was 11 years old. And at that age, your, your, your parents, and this was what this was, was, was going on at that time. Your parents always told you, never talk to strangers. And so I didn't know this guy. I didn't know who he was or anything like that, but I, just, I went anyway and I told my mother that it was somebody out there that wanted to speak to him, to her. And when I did that, she told me to come in the house where she sat me down and explained to me that the guy outside was my father. Here's the thing about that. I was 11 years old when I first met my father and I didn't see, I didn't talk to, I didn't hear from this dude until I was well into my 30s. And that was only for a brief moment. You know, it's a it's an old saying that says time heals all wounds. But for a long time, I had a really, really, really... Uh, really bad problem with that saying because 
time heals wounds in some situations. That's what I think. And, you know, um, I, uh, you know, years prior to that day are like a haze of, you know, it's a haze between, you know, the sexual abuse of a babysitter and the mental and, you know, and, and physical abuse of my mom, which I might add was probably the result of her anger at him for leaving and having to raise a child on her own, you know, for 26 years after that day, that, that time was filled with, it was filled with anger. It was filled with crime. It was filled with drug use. It was filled with bad decisions and it was filled with incarceration. But you know what? Through all those years of my mess, I made a promise to myself. I promised that pretty much kept me going. A promise that kept me moving forward, regardless of my mistakes. I promised myself that I would never be the man my father is. I promised myself that if I ever had a child, that I would love, I would provide, I would protect, and I would be an important presence in that child's life. And for the most part, I believe that I kept those promises. I believe that, um, you know, I be but I also believe that I had to learn how to keep those promises because I was trying to do something that was never taught to me. It was never taught to me how to be a father to my child. But I said, I promised myself that if I ever had a child, that that's what I would do. And so, um, I have a 20 year old daughter who is as smart as, as smart as she is pretty. I believe I kept those promises because as she grew up, I looked at her and I thought about myself at those at her ages. I thought about myself every time she ran into a issue or she ran into a situation and I thought about you know my father and I just didn't want to be that guy my guest today is my daughter who I am totally and absolutely proud of all the things that she's doing and I asked her here today because you know I wanted to you know pretty much hash out the differences between being having your father in your life and not having your father in your life Psalms 127 verses 3 and 4 tells us that children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him like a like like arrows in the hands of a warrior children born to one's youth growing up i never felt that i was anyone's heritage i never felt like i was anyone's reward so i had to make my own feel special coming up manhood was defined 
by a whole lot of things like how many girls you could hit or how good you could fight. I believe fatherhood should be defined as how responsible you are. Absent fathers, absentee fathers and deadbeat dads have been an issue in the black community for as long as I can remember. I remember, you know, irresponsible, promiscuous behavior has led to a number of things over the years. It's led to STDs, it's led to unwanted pregnancies, etc. But the worst thing it has led to is the destruction of the black family. In 1925, a study in New York found that 85% of African-American families had both parents, right? And that's, that's, you know, that's a, that's, that's a pretty big number. But But by 19, let me see, let me make sure I got my facts right. Let me got, let me make sure I have my facts right. Yep, most of my, my African-American families had both parents. That number, by 1991, wait a minute, let me go back, let me go back. Which, and that, that number held steady till the 1960s. In 1965, Senator Patrick Mahornan submitted a report called The Negro Family. The case for national action. In that report, he stated that the African American was being destroyed and that out of wedlock births had increased by 25%, right? By 1991, that number rose to a whopping 68%. In 2010, U.S. Census data showed that more African-American families consisted of single mothers than married, than married couples had both, that had both parents. Back in 2011, it was reported that 72% of black parents or black babies were born to unwed mothers. So what brings me, which brings me to the premise of this whole podcast because basically it's like you know what it, it brings me back to the questions that I ask what is a father what does it take or what is it to you know whether you are with the child's mother or not what does it take to effectively call yourself a father and is that presence actually important and that's why I told the story that I told about myself and how I grew up because so many kids have those feelings that they're not important to their fathers you know and sometimes their mothers but you know I, I just believe that having a father figure is is like totally important 
And that's why I have my daughter here today because I don't, you know, I'm, um, I watched her grow up. I watched her develop into the woman that she is today. And, you know, I'm totally, totally, totally proud of her. I'm proud of the, of the things that she's doing. I'm proud of the things that she's connected to. And I just, you know, I had to have, we've been thinking about or talking about doing a podcast together. And, you know, I just had to get in my mind what it was that we're gonna, we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff today. We're going to talk about her. We're going to talk about her, you know, what she's doing. But then we're going to talk about this this issue and, you know, the the premise of this podcast is be a father to your child. So, um, what's up, D? Hello. Hello. For real. How are you? You just want to be, you know, just want. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to do. How's I it going? Stopped. I did. Hey. So, what I want to, um, you know. I wanted to talk to you about growing up with because you pretty much you don't know what it is not to have both your parents. You don't know what that is, but um, in raising you, what I do know is that some decisions that were made, you liked them and some of them you didn't. But then I know that a lot of times, you know, things happened and. You know, so tell me from your point of view what it was like growing up with your father and your mother in the same house. Um, it was a lot of it was a lot of benefits that came with it. You know, I've said to be spoiled rotten, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't claim that sometimes. But but you should. Okay, I am. Okay, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it had, it had a benefit to it, you know, but, um, you had both sides, you had two sides of wisdom, but you had two sides of, you know, real that was coming to you. Um, it, you know, it brought a lot of benefit to me as a young age. Um, like I barely had a memory of when, you know. Um, when you were, when you were away, that was like for a glimpse. It's like a certain, it's like, it was just that, that one day mm-hmm. that, um, that day that I believe turned your life around when, um, mom, you know, didn't, um, like she didn't let you in that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And I just remember when you had came around to the gated door. And I just remember I could, it's like I could remember looking up because I was like four. I was a baby. But I remember looking up and looking through the gate and I wanted to open the gate, but I couldn't even find the key. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, mom wouldn't let me find it anyway. But I wanted to open it because, you know, I didn't, you know, I've never had a bad visual view. You know, I gravitated to you from the womb. So I wanted to, I wanted to see you, but at the same time, in a young age, you didn't understand. I didn't understand the predicament on. of what was going on. I didn't understand of the decision mom had to make in order for you to be the man you are today. Right. But 
that's the difference of seeing a father that was broken and a father that was going to change. And I think I needed to see that mm-hmm. at a young age because it, she, it showed me what a father who is going to change will look like. I had the opportunity to have that memory and have a lot of memories to see not only did I grow up, but you grew up with me. Right. So it was, it was, um, it's just amazing to see, you know, the different and, um, how you are, um, especially, and mom as well. She's grown. She's like mom, you know, when she had us a lot, it was mostly like just us sometimes. Mom had to be much more on guard, um, but now it's time that she can relax and, you know, just just now that she has you here, you're her other her other half. Right. And that was another you know, that was another thing I got to see of having both parents is what actual love can really mean. Love doesn't mean, you know, what someone can give you. It's mean are they able to sacrifice what they want for that other person? Right. True. So that was another thing, you know, but then we get to the side that, you know, no child likes, uh, the strictness, but the strictness made me who I am today. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you've never, that you can remember, had a whooping, right? See, but we're going to touch on that. Yeah, that's we're not going to touch on that, but the... what I'm saying is uh, that you can remember You've never had a whooping. No, I didn't. Right. So let me ask you this, and and I can I can tell you that I I chose not to do that that way because I felt like I could discipline you by talking to you or explaining to you what was right and what was wrong, and based on what happened when I was growing up, I just couldn't bring myself to do it do that mm-hmm. not saying you a, a you know a few times you didn't have that coming you needed it or probably <laughs> but I just couldn't bring myself to do it as you got older and so what I want to know is did that help you or did that you know because some some children need they tail whoop but I just didn't see the point in that with you mm-hmm. and mommy calls you my Jesus, and you know, I don't know why she says that, and I'm, we're not going to get into I'm that sorry, part. I never heard that. Yeah, before, she tells people that, and you know, it's just tr- she just not, you know. I that's like mommy, to be, though. I like to be compared to a savior. Don't yeah. put me in that box. Yeah, but at the same time, did you receiving, you know, this verbal discipline was it different? Or did it help you? Honestly, um, it helped. Um, as I help you what be more spoiled? No, no. (laughs) Um, like looking back, I can already tell. Like even to this day, that from the day you know, from the day mom, you know, found out she was pregnant with me. I was already, it was already something different about me. Um, but at the same time, a child is still a child. So, of course, I was still going to run into problems. 
but the way my life was set up was every mistake that I made not only did it have a repercussion but it had one so strong that you didn't even have to you know like you know whoop me the the guilt alone of what I did was so harsh I think honestly God, don't 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 hurt me on this. But I honestly think he did that because uh, the guilt used to be so bad to the point where I couldn't even sleep. Like if I did something wrong, and I know my dad knew, it was like the worst guilt you could ever have. Like I remember, I remember one day um, I was in the house and I don't know what happened and. Um, I had caught an attitude with my mom and <laughs> I think I, I don't know what was going through my head. I got my dad's anger guy. So just understand. Um, so I think I, that wasn't good. I think I, I um, out there like that. I think I like forgot and I let my emotions and I snapped and I slammed my door. Kids, if, if there's oh. anybody listening, please don't do that. But um, I slammed my door and I went in the room. Mm. I'm thinking that that was the good, you know, way to leave because yeah. I didn't want not, not to say anything else and to just stay. Mm. Like three minutes, not even three minutes, maybe two later, I get a call from my dad. Um, and uh, not going to lie, my hand was shaking. But um, <laughs> um, I answer. Stop trying and to make me seem like a tyrant. Not I answer the phone, and all I hear is, "Have you lost your mind?" <laughs> and I said, "What did I do?" And he was, he said, eh, "Your mom is in the living room crying." I said, "Oh crap!" I said, "I didn't." I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, basically, yep. that's what I did. That's exactly what you said. Yeah, Anything I didn't know right now exactly what, did. what to say, because I was like, I didn't think she would cry. I no, didn't middle. think she was going to tell me. I didn't me. think I was, no, nah, she was. She still does it to this day. Um, But I didn't know what to do, but all I heard was, I'll see you when I get home. Mm. Now, as a child, that can mean a multiple of things, but I already thought that that meant something. Yeah, you knew what it meant. So, um, that, guys, I believe that happened on a half a day or something, so I had to go a whole day with people in my face trying to make me laugh, but my whole day was just distraught. Oh, I remember that. So, I, I had to go to my babysitter She's in there trying to make me laugh, but I'm just thinking about later. Long story short. Yeah, you sweated that day. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, but long story short, he didn't he didn't beat me, but he sat me down. Um and like basically had like a very, very stern talk with me. Not to not to say he did take away the one thing that was my heart at that time, which was television. So I did not have that for a while. But um, just, you know, just a long story short. It, like, some people beating, like, uh, not going to lie, beating is a way of discipline. 
but sometimes that doesn't work for even some children. Like you can beat a child so much, but if you don't settle down to tell them the basics of why you're doing it, right? What's there's the no point. point. Right. So that was the one thing that my parent, that my, you know, you and mom always did. And that's why beating never had to be in there. If you told me no, or if you raised your voice with me, you would tell me why you're doing it and right. what it would lead to rather than just saying, don't do this. Right. Or don't do that. Like, so okay. I think that it honestly, that's what honestly helped me. Okay. So, um, in growing up, you know, you saw, I mean, you had different friends. And, you know, we didn't stop you from having friends. But you had different friends on different levels. And, you know, what I can say is that, you know, you, you always you know, presented yourself or handled yourself as, you know, a little older than you actually were, but in comparison to some of your friends, you know, that had parents or didn't have parents or had one parent, you know, what was the difference in that, uh, in that scenario? Um, like for, for the ones that had like single parents, it was like almost like a pattern. It was like, those were the ones that, you know, if you said, Hey, are you going to this? Are you going to this dance later? Those were like the main ones that said, yeah. Cause you know, either their mom was working late and they needed something to do or, you know, it was fine. Um, but then there was the good, you know, some of the single ones who had a single parent, they were the striving ones as well because they see their mom struggling and they see what she's doing so that drives right. them there. Um, but even with the two, you know, my friends who had, you know, double parents, mm-hmm. you know, there was still a distance on the base of how their parents interacted with them. Like it was like something that some of their families, you know, lived in the nicer areas like the Woodmore and like Fairwood, right. but they didn't have no emotion. It was like the, it was like the family didn't operate with the love that you guys gave, so it was you know it that was the that was the difference. It yeah. was like you know you could tell. And then some had parents who divorced, right? But they had like good they good financials, but at the same time you could see um where that emptiness came in and why they would do certain stuff or act out a certain way or do this or do that. Um, because they, they wanted that, you know, the family to be a family, but you know, you can't help, but you can't help. So, so let's talk about peer pressure. What was peer pressure? You know, how, how did you deal with peer pressure? Cause I'm not going to, you know, like sit here and act like, you know, things weren't in your line of, you know, in your, in your wasn't presented to you i know it was but you know you you made it all the way through school and a lot of things that your friends got caught up in you didn't so how you get around that um i mean i honestly just had it was like I had a common sense of a 20-year-old all throughout my school years. 
due to me being very, very in the, in the gift that God has blessed me with of somehow being an old soul, but not a very old wise soul. So everything that I saw around me at a young age, I absorbed from, you know, I saw things my brother and my sister got into, you know, and how the result of that and how much chaos it can cause. Right. And that was something I just took took with me. You know, it couldn't even it didn't even have to be something that y'all said. Right. It was just it was just something that was, you know, that was built in me. You know, it was peer pressure wise, I mean, yeah, in the beginning peer pressure to fit in was a very strong one because that's when my grades started to drop, you know, in my like my freshman and like sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that came with, you know, less they came with insecurities. And trying to be seen um, as someone you want to be around, even though that I didn't have a problem with that, no matter what I looked like. Right. But that was my main peer pressure. We that was my main peer pressure because everybody was burnt out, so I didn't want to be that. Um, Good job. You know, alcohol. I didn't like soda, so I didn't feel a need. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It was just, it wasn't the point at that time. Um, it, it, all that other stuff, you know. And then on top of that, it's like, you know, some people think, oh, did you sneak out for a party? I didn't need to. Right. There was nobody had their own homes at that time. But the only, most of the parties I went to was homecoming that you guys always let me go to. And that's another thing that you guys did. You let me go to stuff at school mm-hmm. and have fun go to homecomings that were till like 11 o'clock at night because you knew where I was at and you knew that you could trust me and um you know a lot of stuff goes on in those homecomings but Mm -hmm. you already knew that with me that wasn't going on because you was picking me up at 11 so why would I do that Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was that was the most of the peer pressure was just the trying to fit in it's it's the strongest peer pressure any any young person is gonna have a deal with it's stronger than drugs because it really pulls you in and makes you it makes you become someone you never thought you would be it makes you get in the drama it makes you put yourself in a situation with fake people right i lost a lot of friends my freshman sophomore year because i thought they were friends but i saw the night god put it from me these aren't the people that you need to be you with, need to be with. Yeah. so and then you know, I just remember looking in the mirror. I, I remember looking in the mirror one day, and I really didn't recognize, you know, who I was because I was like, "Yo, your grades are dropping. What are you, you trying to do this? You trying to do that? What are you doing? Where's your mind at?" Um, and that's when everything switched, and that's when that's my grades started to go back up. That's when I got inducted in National Honor Society and stuff like that. Cause I switched because I realized that the people who I'm trying to follow are not going to go anywhere. Right. But the person that I was already before, I have a future that I want to go after. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think I want to talk about um, the strictness of y'all, of the household that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, is that we weren't strict because and it, it was more so me than your mom because Most your mom definitely. could could you know she could 
let stuff go, but myself, I couldn't let stuff go. And a lot of people try to criticize me about what I left, I, I, I kept you away from, and people wanted, you know, they wanted to see certain stuff happen, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't let it happen. And so I, I wasn't being strict on you just to be mean or anything like that, but I just, first of all, you're, you're a girl. You're a female. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, is that you're, you're, you're my child. And what I went through or what I did at your age is because I was in the street before, before I was even 12 years old. And so I just, I do what I do because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I still do it. I'm still like a warden to her. Yeah, but she like she liked the 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 um what you call it she liked the trustee in the block because she's close to me even though i'm strict on her about her friends things she does and stuff like that so the strictness because you didn't always agree with decisions that i made but you know and i've known kids that just um, went off on their parents or their father doesn't let's we talking about fathers today so they went off on their fathers because of you know there was something that they wanted to do and you didn't do that you never did that that was some craziness (laughs) don't do that man (laughs) i wanted a home and I wanted to, I wanted a bed to get in. I had an iPod that I wanted to keep the possession of. I did not want to do that. I did not want to see a blue light. I like the light I see. Stupid. That ain't right. So. Let's talk about rap now. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, know. I thought we were going to talk about the strictness. The, yeah, go ahead. Oh. Because I was strict on you about music, too. <laughs> because I, I, I think, um. You know, there's a. There's don't make a, me, please don't get me started on that. Yeah, but there's a difference in in music today, and music, and so you know, um, even though I was strict on you about the music that you listen to or the people that you listen to, because I have no idea why anybody would listen to Kanye West. But hey, that's not you know. I See, mean, the that's the dropout same. Was a good album. After uh, that, I don't listen to. Uh, but college just, dropout, whatever, Yeezy. I don't care. I don't listen to anything after college dropout. Yeah, I don't care what he made. I just didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't see the creativity in his music. A lot of people do, but I'm like a. Because he lost it. You know, he I'm met like a Kardashian. A, he was already lost. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not supposed to say that? Yeah. <coughs> I don't know, but. You know, th- there's a difference in music, and you know the I guess the messages are totally different than they were um, back in my day. I mean, you probably totally understood rap when I was coming up, and I started from the '70s all the way to the 2000s. I guess I know you know that my biggest, you know, um, I'm the biggest fan of Tupac but it's just that it's just that 
I just don't understand rap these days. So what's up with that? Well, we should, we're going to go back and touch on what you were supposed to be talking about, which was the strictness. Strictness. Ah, you're getting old. Um, For real. You, so, did that on, you did that on the podcast. So we're just going to talk about that. Um, th- yeah, the music thing, that was... No, you punished. That was... Okay, Done. we're on the air. I know you on the air. <sighs> um, no. This is an example of what I'm talking Just about. Just call me old. This is an example of what I'm talking about. On my podcast. This is an example of what I'm talking Post about. Cordial. But, ahead. um, music, yeah, honestly, music was the most thing that I've got it grounded for all my life. Um, but that was just, my dad was keeping me from not, you know, becoming pregnant at 15. But at the same time, I really, at a young age, of course, you know, some stuff, you know, shouldn't have been listened to by a 15-year-old, but at the same time, exactly. my, you know, with the lyrics that were being said, he didn't understand what I meant by, I honestly just liked the song overall, which was basically, you know, that basically was me, but I did, you know, I really just, if I like how a song flow. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to it. But that was me at a young age because I really liked how a song flowed. I love the beat in it. I love how the beat flowed. I love how the beat dropped. You know. But when you get older, you realize what you was listening to at a young age. But um, that was one thing. And then he taught me about you know, you know, lyrics and stuff like that. But also, on the other hand, you know, he instilled you know a lot of you know lessons around it as well you know some stuff he would listen to that would play him but at the same time that's why at a young age i was listening to tupac's i ain't know nothing about that. one because i because i i used to think that tupac was my uncle i don't know why but that was probably because <laughs> it was always being played and i used to think right. he looked like my dad because they were both bald but anyways so yeah <laughs> so just, you know, I was listening to Tupac at a young age, um, listening to other stuff at a young age, but that's what brought me to understanding what rap really was. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. Oh, man, I was a little girl, and I liked it. He talked about some stuff, but I liked it, but my dad didn't think I should have been listening to that at a young age, but some stuff he allowed because he knew that it was a lesson in most of the stuff, but... um. But with rap today, you know, sucks. Yeah, that's most all. definitely does. Yeah, but it's like do with that one. you know, it sucks. it's just it's just some you got to pick out jewels. But sad to say, most of the jewels are not signed. I can say I heard this uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar joint the other day. It was um, uh, and I guess another rapper had had said some words i can't remember the name of uncle melvin actually let me hear the jump and i was like that was like the first time no the second time that i've heard something in the past few years because i don't you know i don't listen to rap like i used to i don't you know i just let it go but you know most rap i would not let my child listen to this kendrick lamar john i heard the other day I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, 
can't remember the name, but I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? That's on his name. And who's the dude that must have said something? Or I guess he said something on media, and he was just—it was kind of like a clapback. I jump. think it was Big Sean. It was. It was, and he made the whole video and the and Don Cheeto in the video. Yeah. yeah. But um. But. Yeah. It's you know, jewels. It's a lot of yeah. this jewels. And Kendrick Lamar is is about the closest thing to the rap that I used to listen to. But let's get back to uh, back to the the lesson at hand. You uh, you're doing a lot, you know, and I'm gonna let you tell what the things that you're doing and the things that you've been doing, but. You've managed to stay away from, you know, drugs and partying and 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 sex and all these kind of things. And if I wasn't in your life, do you think you would would have bypassed those things? Um, I think yeah. Yeah, I still would have. Um, yeah, cause your mother do sometimes. She just be. Um. Be. Yeah, I think I would have because you know, any party I would have went to, I wouldn't have been able to have fun with it. Nope. Um. But. Cause you gotta be home at a certain time. But that's still accurate to this day. And I am twenty. <laughs> anyway. Um. Being twenty. Wait, we're not going to go into that. That is not the topic at hand. All right, so back to what I'm saying. Two if things. you were not in my life, um, yes, I still would bypass stuff because I still have. There is no. Let me let me break this down in the sense. There is no weak parent in this household. Let's just let's just draw that in the line. Now, don't get me wrong. There is one. There is a parent that is more probably more understanding rather than one. <laughs> but at the yeah, same time, but at the but, same time, there is no weak parent because, you know, the older I get, there is no weak parent in this house. Right. My mom is still a no tongues parent. You know, my mom still has stuff that she wants to see me go after. So she'll say stuff to me. Um, I just go to my dad because my mom sometimes has no filter. So, you know, it's hard to hear from her, but right. You know, but yeah, if you weren't here, I still wouldn't, you know, do it because I wasn't born to do that anyway. So has having your father in your life benefited you? Yeah, and that's the reason why, you know, having you in my life is, is one of the reasons why, you know, I have the drive that I have. You Having you in my life is the reason that I'm not pregnant. Having you in my life is the reason that I I know the game. And I ain't even been in it yet. So it's like, <laughs> it's it's a beneficial thing. You know, nobody, you know, nobody can run a game on me that I ain't already heard. Nobody can tell me, nobody can tell me that I'm pretty when my dad tells me that every day. So it's wow. like, it's no point on yeah. even trying to hear, you know, all that. It's no point in somebody, you know, trying to, um say you know oh i want i'm going to um be with you or da 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 da, da when they, i'm like you got to outdo what's already been done so but it's been it's been very 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 beneficial to me and my growth and like everything that i'm doing today 
Was it ever evident that I didn't know what I was doing? Most definitely. Okay. But, um, you know, at, you got to, I think that, you know, with the help of my mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with the help of my mom, she's just <laughs> She she was the one to say to me, you know, it was like when moments just like when you said some stuff I didn't like, like some like sometimes, you know, when sometimes you would blow up, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you would blow up and then it was time and it, it would be to the point where you blew up and it didn't have to go that far. Like you would like blow up on me. I'm talking blow up. Oh, that's sometimes y'all call me bipolar. Yeah. Um, like you would go from, you know, zero, zero, zero to hundred. And I'm like, you know, in a minute, but it was like, (laughs) you know, it was it. And then it had to take, okay. So guys, me, I get everything from my dad. So if me and my dad have a blowout, we we're the same. We will not speak for days, but still manage respect. I don't know how that happens, but it, it happens. We literally won't speak for days. And then my mom has to be the glue to tell me that, um, you're wrong. No, that never happened. She would tell me that you got to understand, you know, that she always told me that you gotta understand your father was never, didn't have his father and that he didn't grow up with the father. So your father is still learning. So if he blows up on you, he's not doing that to hurt you. He's doing that to, he does, he just wants to see you be better than he was. So you got to understand that. And, you know, and, and it's not like he would blow up on me and did not say nothing. He would blow up on me, and I think that he would pray. And probably like God would tell him, you know, you ain't to do all that. So he'll come back and, you know, pull me and say I'm sorry and stuff. And I had, like, to forget, like, I didn't just get emotionally disturbed for the last two days but it's it was okay it was fine now because i understand that not only does a child learn but a father who's learning how to be the father learns a lesson we all learn together good deal so you're doing some pretty amazing things right now that i really appreciate because you know through your through your whole life i've i've wondered and I've asked God why, you know, what have I done? Because, you know, if it wasn't for the message of grace, then I would keep wondering why, why he, he gave me such a awesome kid. You know, if it wasn't for that, I would still be wondering why he gave me this awesome kid and, you know, from the time that you were first got in school, you've been in, on honor roll every year through every grade. And then, you know, you've done honor society. You've done, you know, all of this stuff. And, and you know, I'm, I'm proud, but a lot of times I'm like, just knowing where I came from, I, I try to, understand or try to figure out why I have such a good kid and I didn't have a father at all and I'm trying still to this day trying to figure out how to be the best father I can be and you know grace gives me the latitude to be because I don't have to you know I don't have to 
really figure it out because grace gave me such a good daughter grace gave me such a good wife grace gave me the life that i have that is a hundred times better but you're doing things that you know even that even though you're you're with us you're doing things that's going to take you like very very far first of all what's the what are the things that you're doing right now um so i'm currently interning at fannie mae in washington dc that is a second mortgage mortgage company second largest second well no that's what it's called it's called second mortgage so that's what it yeah so and um and it's the second largest yeah it's in a fortune it's a fortune 500 company so i'm currently doing that um but i'm also currently in the process of launching my own um clothing line and how do that make how do that make you feel what just just being in the position that you're in to do the things that you're doing how does that make you feel it honestly scares me you know sometimes it scares me because it's like um you know ever since ever since i was younger i always had a big imagination right um my mom calls me headstrong because once I put my mind to something, I will bug and bug and knock whatever I need to get what I want. That's because your head big like her. Please. Oh, gosh. Um, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so it, it sometimes scares you because it's like, you know, I have visions of what I need to do. But, you know, a lot of people still are trying to find their purpose. Um, but I'm, you know, I may not know the full of mine, but I already know mine is to inspire. I was, I was not born to be quiet. If that was the case, I wouldn't be here. Mm. I was, I was born with all odds against me. You know, That's I true. wasn't, I was from the day, from the day, um, you weren't my really mom, to be born. from the day my mom got pregnant with me, I was born with all odds against me. My mother wasn't supposed to have me. My mother was supposed to have a miscarriage. Um, you know, all odds would have told her that, yes, yeah, she would have been able to carry me, but I would have been premature. Or, yes, yeah, she would have carried me, but I would have been fully de- developed or something was wrong. I was born like 9-5. I blame my mom for that. I could have yeah, been very healthy. Um, but I was born 9-5. I was healthy. Nothing wrong with me. No health effects. So I was born with all odds against me. Right. So at this point, I'm here for a reason and I realized that over I realized that at a very young age but I didn't want to accept it because I hated the fact of feeling like I was different I hated the fact of feeling like I can't why can't I be like everyone else I used to be the one thing I would always ask why can't I just get this why can't this happen why can't I do that but the older I got I realized I can't because I'm here for a reason you know, and that's why, you know, you say that you wonder still to this day why I was sent to you. It's because how are you supposed to be a better person if you didn't have someone around you doing the same thing? I was like your muse. So it was, it was, I'm, that's why I motivate, I'm doing this to motivate not only you, motivate y'all. Who says an adult can't be motivated by their own child? And because I see 
I have I have a gift of seeing potential in a lot of people, and I have a gift and I have a gift and a purpose to inspire and to just help other people. So with you know with my clothing line and all of that, I'm not looking at it just to get the profit, because if I can get the profit with anything, I can get the profit with this job. I'm gonna God is will will claiming it blessed me with bless me with money is money but it's what i would do with that to make mark on my world it's like what what am i gonna do to why to why he placed me here right. he put me here through all odds he put me here through a cloud i was here through a dark cloud so why am i here i can't i don't, I don't have you know that's why you say um you know i've been out part yeah i've been in my been in my share of parties Kind of stuff not proud of. Michael talked about that. That was a bad night, but uh, yeah, we're not gonna talk. About yeah, most that. definitely not. Um, but that's why you know. That's, that's why. That's I mean, it's 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 nights like that that. Yeah, that's that night. That you know, it's night. Yeah, it all, makes it, it even, make this work worthwhile. Yeah, because um, it's like I've always felt. You know, even at, you know, what I'm saying even at going to the parties. It just was, you know, I would have a good time, but at the same time, it was a certain limit I would let myself go to because I just, it would always come back to me the next day that I'm wasting my time. Right. And that's why when, with this fashion, with, with me getting blessed with this idea, with this vision, I tell you, and you wonder why I was so ready to do it, it's because I don't have, you know, I feel like I don't have time to waste. You know, it's so much, so many people I can be touching, and it's so many stuff that I can be doing, and I don't have, I just don't have time to waste, and that's what brought me out of, you know, learning how to distance yourself in order to do the, do what God has placed me here to do, and just give the glory back to Him. Amen. Well, that's the whole, you know, premise of this this podcast because I mean, I've, I've lived this life on on two spectrums i've lived it in bad and i've lived it in good and while i i and while i hold nothing i hold nothing against my father today because even though my father was not in my life i had a father that i didn't recognize for a whole lot of years because of all the turmoil that was going on in my life I had a father and so even though I didn't um in in my mind I didn't know how to raise D he he I had to be pushed to raise D and I learned from her I learned with her and you know to this day I have no understanding of how uh, a male or a man because a man is not you know what really people think it is today or you know how can you bring a child into this world and never and 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 just act like the child is not here never do anything for that child never give that child any advice never never you know, and just just act like you have, and then blame the mother for actions. You, I mean, we just can't do that. If you bring a child into this world, my thing is, if you bring a child into this world, whether you're with that woman or not, 
that's your responsibility and that's the end of our show today thank you d for hooking a joker up appreciate it and we are out peace thank you for tuning in to the grace cafe join us next week for the grace cafe god bless Yo.